Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. and New Japan's Forbidden Door has happened. And not only has AEW New Japan's Forbidden Door been opened, but WrestleTalk's Forbidden Door has been opened because Tempest is now here in the UK. Scissor me, Pete. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a stupid thing. That's so stupid. <laughs> so silly. For those who didn't catch the live reactions yesterday, Tempest is now in the UK permanently i live here he lives here now so we are just he's, he's with liw for life but but in the uk in person now so now this is a thing you're gonna have to get used to is yeah, us brother. two together we're, we're proper co-hosts now i know we're co-hosts that have met yeah isn't that crazy yeah yeah it was weird yeah I'm sorry weird. denise you're now no longer the only person i've worked with that i've met <laughs> <laughs> I've met a few people. These guys called like Ollie and Luke and Laurie and Adam and Sullivan and Keep rubbing it in. And Terry and Andy. There's a few people that yeah. I've met personally. One, one, one or two. Yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, uh, get in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support if you have any thoughts about Forbidden Door that happened last night. We've got a few of them. Uh, one of those thoughts being, is this the show of the year so far? I know people have said, I've seen people saying, well, the year's not over yet, so you can't say it's the best show of the year. I'm saying, is it best show of the year contender when it gets to the end of the year? Is this the best show of the year so far? What do you think, Tempest? I think it might be. I think it's mm -hmm. a solid contender for show of the year so far. I'm still of the opinion that my show of the year hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. The same way that I don't necessarily think that my match of the year has happened yet. It might have. There have been some really, really great matches on TV and everything. But some years I just know when I've seen the show. Like I saw All Out last mm -hmm. year. I was like, well, there's a show of the year. Yep. You know, 100%. and like Full Gear was great too. Like oh, yeah. that would have been show of the year in many years. But mm -hmm. I'd seen the show of the year already. I don't have the same confidence that we've already seen the show of the year so far, but if we get to the end of the year and this is still show of the year, I wouldn't be super surprised. Yeah, totally. Because the thing the thing with the show as well, from pretty much top to bottom, it was filled with like four, four and a half star matches. I don't know if there were any necessarily like huge five and a half star 
mega right. classic matches or anything, but it was just really good from start to finish. And that is really rare for a show because you normally have a lot of peaks and troughs. And even when there's amazing stuff on a show, there's normally like one or two things where you're like, eh, that's probably not as great. And it can bring the show down a little bit. I think the only real like missteps in this show were the unfortunate finish to the IWGP four-way, which wasn't necessarily in their control because there was a potential Adam Cole injury that might have, you know, changed plans in that match, which is really unfortunate because that was on course to, I think, be my match of the night. Um, the end of the show, the ending brawl, which was a poor choice. Uh, and unfortunately, Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, yeah. not because it wasn't a very good match. It was a very good match. It wasn't quite of the same caliber of the rest of matches on the show, and it just felt a little bit out of place. So that was the only, like, down parts of this show, whereas the rest of it was just banger after banger after banger after banger through the whole thing. And this was like a five-hour show, mm -hmm. and they just knocked it out of the park for pretty much every single match. They did, and it went even on to, like, the buy-in. And granted, I wasn't particularly interested about seeing Lance Archer and Nick Camaroto or anything, no. but seeing Swerve in My Glory against Kanemaru and Desperado sure helped, and I was excited for that, and that got me going in a, in a huge way. Mm. But I kind of agree, like... This, to me, was like a 9 out of 10 show. Like a 90% out of 100 show. Mm -hmm. An excellent show, but wrestling is so great now that I do have confidence that we will see one later this year that's like a 95%. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I do believe that they can top this. Now, this show has that kind of level of significance to it. It's the first Forbidden Door show. Everybody's kind of been looking forward to it for a very long time. Whether it was the card that we wanted or not, neither here nor there. But it had a significance to it. And that helps when people vote on things like best show of the year. That's mm -hmm. why, like, if you have, like, a decent to good WrestleMania, that will always get extra votes just because it's a big show. Mm -hmm. You know, you get bonus points for being a big show like that. So I think Forbidden Door might get some bonus points like that. But again, if you miss, if you just took out like the ending of the four-way match, the brawl, and I will even leave in the Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm match mm -hmm. just because it was a solid match. Yeah. It just, I thought like it was a three and three-quarter star match somewhere yeah, around there. Three and a half-ish, yeah. But on a, a show that was a sea of like four to four and a half star matches, so it felt a step back. Yeah. But that being said, that doesn't mean it was a bad match, and I wouldn't say that it greatly lowered the average of the show, but missing the finish of the four-way and then the brawl, and I was like, nah, these are blemishes that I can't really look past. Exactly. Whether yeah. it's their fault or not, and I mean, one of them was, one of them wasn't, mm -hmm. and it's kind of a mixed bag, but... Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that you could definitely make the argument for, for me. We were halfway through the show and I was like, this is better than Double or Nothing. 100%. Because Double or Nothing for me, there were several down parts of that show. Mm -hmm. Had some good stuff in it, but there was a lot. I was like, this is like, these are missteps. This is a poor booking or something's not quite right here. There's a lot of bits that I didn't really enjoy in Double or Nothing. Uh, Revolution was a great show, mm -hmm. but I still think this tops it. I think that Revolution obviously had some wonderful moments, you know. I genuinely think my favorite moment from Revolution is William Regal's debut because, yeah. damn, that was that was amazing. Um, but having stuff like this throughout the show, having Claudio's debut on this one, Shibata comes out. Yep. The Just the big fight feel of that four-way, when you have those four guys staring off against each other in the ring, was unbelievable. The crowd being so into Okada, like, of all the, of all the guys in the match, I was like, they're, they're going to be into Adam Cole. They're going to be into Hangman. We know that. 
They're probably going to be into Jay White. We've seen him a few times in AEW. They know who he is. I was uncertain of the fan reaction to Okada because we know he's Okada. We know he's one of the greatest like wrestlers of all time, right? Mm. But I didn't know how the AEW audience would react to Okada. And just him being there and they announced Okada and everyone started standing on their feet to applaud Okada. I was like, this is amazing. It's one of those moments where you just go, that is an absolute megastar right yep. there. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, and then you had, you know, even like after that, you still had Moxie Tanahashi, which still also felt like a huge fight feel, right? Uh, the the trios, um, sorry, the tag triple threat of uh, FTR and uh, United Empire and Rapongi Vice, like that had such a brilliant story throughout it. I don't know whether it was work, shoot, or, or not. I don't know if they played off it or whatever, but there were so many amazing things on this show that genuinely picking my favorite match is so difficult because yeah. I love them all for very different reasons. And it's it's I think that really speaks to the show's quality that you have so many great matches that you can't pick what your favorite is. Mm -hmm. I had such a fun time watching it. I, I agree. And what really kind of sets a show like this apart, and I think this is one of the things that AEW's done a really good job on on pay-per-view in general, is that you have a show like this where all the matches are, well, most of the matches are very emotionally charged, mm. but they all feel different. Mm. There weren't matches on this show that had the exact same feeling, but they still gave you that same kind of energy. It was the same excited energy, but they all told very different stories. Yeah. Like Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay was nothing like Zack Sabre Jr. and Claudio, mm -hmm. was nothing like the tag three-way, was nothing like the main event, nothing like the four-way, nothing like the, the trio's opener, nothing like the Young Bucks match. Like they were all completely different and great in their own way. And that just helps a show like this. It flows. It makes it so much easier to get in every match because you're not seeing the same thing over and over and over again. I love that sort of thing. And I think it helps in like, especially long pay-per-views like this one, because this was a long pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. Not, not in favor of that. Nope. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of thoughts on this show. Yeah. I yeah, could, I could sure. go into every single match, but yeah. we will do that. But we'll, 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 we'll get into to talking about every match. They also on this match, speaking just of the, of the length of it, because that's mm -hmm. more of a, a general point about the whole show. I still think it's, it's too long. You didn't. Mm. You didn't need this much on it. You definitely didn't need four buy-in matches. No, that was weird. Uh, and they just like here's Lance Archer versus Nick Comoroto. Okay, that could I have guess. been an actual dark match. Mm. You know. Yeah. Right. Like one for the crowd that we don't see because yeah. there's a reason you don't put the dark matches on TV. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> but I will say to this show's credit, aside from. Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, which is quite clearly just an AEW versus AEW match. Mm. And granted, the only women's match on this card. So I'd be hesitant to take it out because you wouldn't want an all-men's card. That's not very good to have in this day and age. Uh, I still felt like all of these matches had a purpose. Mm. All of these matches still felt like they belonged on the Forbidden Door show. Mm. And they felt, felt like they fit. And even, yeah, because there's a lot of times with a lot of other, like, AEW shows, we're like, why is this on pay-per-view? Right. Like, this this feels like this should be a Dynamite match. Why is this on pay-per-view? Why have they been given, you know, 15 minutes to go do this when it's like, they could do that, but on Dynamite, and it would have mm -hmm. been fine. A lot of this stuff, I felt like, no, this is, this is worthy. This fits. And I think, even though it was a really long one, having all those matches that still fit and feel pay-per-view caliber, you're not let down when you're like, 
oh, we have to sit through this to right. get to the main event, you know? So I, I didn't, even though it is too long, and I will stand by that, this didn't feel as long as some other AEW shows of the past. I, I agree with that. And I, and I think that just speaks to the quality in general, because a good show will fly by a lot faster than a bad show, and that's just, you know, yeah. that's just life. <laughs> I was on the plane over here, <laughs> and I watched Venom 2, mm -hmm. and I watched Licorice Pizza. I will let you know which of those movies felt longer. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't the one with the longer runtime. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of it for me i think i would excuse the botched finish of the four-way yeah. as a blemish because it's out of their control yeah. and everything i think if you had had a real killer go off the show angle i think this would have been like a surefire stamp it that's your show of the year mm -hmm. like I think people would have forgiven the four-way finish yeah. a little bit just 100%. because, you know, injuries happen and all that. I'm really not a fan of this brawl at the end. No. And, yeah, you can just kind of turn the show off when you want and neglect it and just forget about it. Mm -hmm. Don't have to let it bother you. But if you're going to review a show from beginning to end, you know, they, they say in wrestling, you know, less is more and don't do three extra false finishes and everything. Mm -hmm. Well. Felt like AEW just kind of kept the show running a little bit too long. Like if, and again, I'm not saying that they should have brought out like Kenny Omega or something like that because again, Kenny said he didn't want to be there if he didn't, mm -hmm. if he didn't know that he could do a match in the near future and set up something to build to a return and everything like that. That's fine. Yeah, but you could do something. Mm -hmm. You could have literally just had Punk come out and like stand face to face with Tana or with Mox mm -hmm. or some or combination both. of both cuz it's yeah. in Chicago they would yeah. love that. Yeah. That would feel huge, you know, and it would feel a little bit cathartic and everything mm -hmm. and I think they could have done something better with the go off the show angle but if that's the only if that's the biggest problem with a show like this that's not that bad. Exactly, yeah. Um I think yeah, we'll, we'll get into to more of that stuff cuz I've got thoughts on the the brawl as well, but we'll get into more of that when we get through uh, reviewing some of the matches. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Should we get into some of the ultra chats? Uh, right now and we'll see what you guys think get those in at russeltalk.com forward slash support uh, and uh, get those in just to, we're, we're filling 10 percent on, on stuff uh, it doesn't automatically update so you have to do the the, the refresh up here and then oh. hopefully it should show you all the new ones i'm learning uh, so we're much we're learning here. things today uh we've got one here from that rye guy that said uh, you could tell the audience was uh, filled with people who haven't seen post-pandemic uh, new japan because none of them booed when okada did the money clip mm-hmm <laughs> None of them booed when he did the money clip, and people did not care enough when he did that drop kick. <sighs> the, the drop kick was built up to so much, and then he did it, and then it was like, yeah, it was a drop kick. I thought that that would have been like the biggest moment of the show. <laughs> like they were gonna give him a standing ovation and everything, and I would have if I was mm-hmm. there. I would have been yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I forget who told this story, but someone like they went to see Star Wars in the movie theater on like the re-releases and mm-hmm. everything. You know, yeah. Star Wars fans like to clap and everything when people show up and everything. Yeah. It's like Leia shows up, yeah, Leia's here. Han Solo shows up, yeah. Boba Sh- Boba Fett shows up, and uh, the guy telling the story just went. It's like, yeah, Boba Fett. No one gave a shit about Boba Fett. <laughs> no one cared about the dropkick. And I would be the one guy in the crowd like, yo, Kata! <laughs> Dropkick! Oh. Oh, amazing. Uh, that's a swear for editing Vinny. It's 16 minutes in. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Vinny. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree, Rye Guy. I had... Also, he says, uh, surprised FTL got the IWGP belts considering the bad feelings between New Japan and AAA. Yeah. Well, it's more the... It's the bad feelings of their friends. It's the bad feelings of CMLL rather right. than the bad feelings of New Japan specifically. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if they have a problem with their AEW with AEW talent, obviously, because hence the whole Forbidden Door show. Yeah. So I'm hoping that even though FTR really like to wear the AAA belts all the time, that maybe if they defend like the IWGP in Japan or something, that they can not wear the AAA belts for that right. show and then it will be fine, right? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Raga again said uh, a lot of chat about how stardom should have been represented on this sh- uh, on this show, but I'd I'd assume considering it's a separate organization to New Japan that separate negotiations would have to happen, especially since AEW works with TJPW, which is Stardom's direct competitor. Yeah, it would be very. It's because Stardom is owned by the same company that owns New Japan. Bushi Road, right? Bushi Road, yes. And but it, obviously, it's not the same thing. There would still be different things you'd have to work out and everything, but. Yeah. I do, like, they tried to say, or tried to at least position the Thunder uh, Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm matches, mm-hmm. while well, Tony Storm is a stardom competitor. You right. know, they tried something. They didn't 
put a lot into it. New Japan's Lance Archer, Stardom's Tony Storm. Precisely. It's perfect. You know, I I don't know what I would have done. I don't because again, that might be a way bigger headache to deal mm-hmm. with than yeah. than you would expect to just put one match on the show, but I don't know. I feel like that little extra effort would have been like warranted in a mat in like a show like this. For like sure. why is the women's match just like at the stardom compete, right? Like, I don't know. If it was me and if it was possible, I don't know, bringing Julia or like uh Hayashi Shida, maybe. Like, there are some really good Shuri. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of really great women's wrestlers in stardom. Like bringing maybe Watani, maybe like bringing anybody. Maybe I don't know if it would have helped to have had a Japanese women's wrestler in this spot. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have. Yeah. I don't know, but maybe a stronger, more recent tie to stardom would have been uh, would have been. Didn't better. um didn't Kyrie just go back over there recently? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That would have been cool. Ooh, that would have been really cool. That would have been cool. Well, I like that idea very much. Yeah. Um. Danny Torkel said, uh, I was on the fence about this show based on injuries and booking. So glad I ordered it. Amazing all-time fun show. Tempo Pete and Luke reacting to Shibata made my night. Never doubting AEW again. Can't wait for Grand Slam 2. This company. Glad you had a good time. We had a great time. Yeah. Ozzy Smith 2003 said, G'day, lads. Uh, Forbidden Door was great, especially for someone like me who didn't know much about New Japan wrestlers beforehand. It was my first time watching Zack Sabre Jr. wrestle, and I didn't realize how incredible he was bell to bell. So what other Zack Sabre Jr. matches should I watch? Jam that jam. There's a bloody load of them. Oh, yeah. uh, I There's mean, uh, anytime he's challenged Okada for the title have been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, his matches with Osprey have basically basically all been great. I've like, like all gotten five stars, so you can just kind of take your pick at that point. Uh, he's his best years in the G one. I think were like twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. Like twenty eighteen, he made it to the final day and lost, and like that was that was it. He was or second last day and he lost, but he was right in there having matches in like the best block that had ever been mm-hmm. in the history of New Japan to that point. It was yeah. like Kenny Kota Naito Sonata Saber. Uh, Juice Robinson, I think, was in that block. I think Goto was in that block. Ishii mm-hmm. was in that block. Yeah. Like, if you watch all the Zack Sabre Jr. matches from, like, the 2018 G1 Climax, you'll have a very good time. Good to know. Uh, also, if you don't, if you didn't know much about New Japan wrestlers beforehand, if you want to find out more about New Japan wrestlers, hey, we have a video for that here on WrestleTalk. Tempest did one about everything you need to know about New Japan Pro Wrestling. So maybe you should go give that a watch after this one because it's informative. If you want to know more about the history of the New Japan wrestlers. Infotainment. Infotainment. Uh, Erodri168 said, uh, having the New Japan guys uh, uh, given a taste of what the AEW atmosphere is like, do you ever think uh, one of the top guys from New Japan will migrate to AEW once their contract ends? It's a very interesting thing, isn't it? It is an interesting question. I don't necessarily see it. The only one I could see is like, Coach Rabushi, mm-hmm. because you know there's obviously all the political stuff happening with him right now. Uh, but I feel like just generally in like Japanese culture, like loyalty is a, a big part of like that yep. kind of like culture. So I f- I don't feel like a lot of them would be tempted to go to AEW if they're still enjoying their time in New Japan. I feel like lo- loyalty is a big part of that culture, and they'd be more tempted to stay with the company they're with. Very much so, and it's it's always kind of been like that. There are stars who go to different companies, of course. Like Shingo went from Dragon Gate to mm-hmm. New Japan. Kenta went from mm-hmm. Noah to to WWE and then New Japan and everything like that. So it does happen. 
but they are much more loyal to your company there because dating all the way back to like the start, you worked there and then you became part of the office and you worked there for your whole life and that was your job. Yeah. You never needed to go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of loyalty just built into the foundations of these Japanese companies. Yeah. That being said, it's very interesting to think about because I would love to see like a top New Japan star just as a weekly mm -hmm. member of the New Japan roster. And obviously, I think Kota Ibushi is the perfect candidate oh, for yeah. that. Absolutely. Whether they get whatever his situation is currently sorted no out anytime soon, I have no idea. But that would be the one I would like to see. Otherwise... I would love, I see, I don't see them leaving when a contract expires. I would love to see them just send people for like a three month go, like a pay-per-view cycle. Just let, you know, somebody be on TV. Let Hiromu be on TV for those three months mm. and then have him challenge somebody for the TNT title or whatever at the pay-per-view. And then maybe he can win, maybe he can lose. And then he goes yeah. back and that's it. And that's your awesome three month run of having fun Hiromu matches on TV. Well you just that. do that for whoever you want. It just, I, th I think that would be fun. Yeah, I I want to see more Takahashi. So mm -hmm. yeah, that works for me. Uh, Big Eye Kotiaz said, uh, "Why does it feel like AEW doesn't trust other promotions with their own titles? Sad that no AEW belt even went to New Japan. Almost feels like AEW is afraid to have other companies carry their belts. Fun pay per view, but AEW needs to give up some belts." Meh. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't bother me that much. Like. Which belts would we have seen go the other way? Like, who do... I would have had Tanahashi win yeah, the title. Yeah, Tanahashi was probably the big one. But the I can't the, blame I, them for not doing that. No, like, the IWGP wouldn't have gone elsewhere. Osprey was going to beat Cassidy. Yeah. I don't think he could have had Cassidy win that one. Especially with the weird situation with Juice Robinson, where he's not he's got the yeah. belt and Osprey doesn't. It's already a bit mixed, and having Cassidy win that would be even weirder. Uh, you also have to understand that the IWGP Tag Team Championships do not matter yeah. <laughs> at all. So them giving the, like, these belts have swapped, like, how many times this year already? And I didn't know about a single one of them. Mm. Like, the belts don't matter. So you can put them on FTR and that'll be, like, elevating the belts. Mm. Whereas if you took an AEW belt and took it off TV, you probably devalue that belt because less people will see it. Yeah. Exactly. Because New Japan doesn't have that kind of like weekly yeah. output that AEW does. Now, granted, if you put the TNT title on Okada and he went nuts and held it for a year, yeah, yeah it would probably do all right. Yeah. But that's also not going to happen, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, we'll just do a couple more quick ones and then we'll get into reviewing the rest of the show. Peter Mullins said, uh, Tempest, welcome to the UK. I'm so glad you gave up the utopia of beaver and hot national leaders that is Canada to live in the grey, 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 grey land that is the UK. Love the show. Real sad about that four-way finish. Otherwise, my show of the year. I would not call Canada a utopia, mm. but Justin Trudeau. No. Homer Star Fan 13 said, okay, how many more great matches does Orange Cassidy have to do before people finally acknowledge him as more than just a comedy jobber? His match with Osprey was my match of the night, and Cassidy once again proved his haters wrong. Never. Like, yeah. he, he doesn't need to prove anything. It's, it's People are set in their ways, and if he manages to turn people, he's a more powerful Jedi than I. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, you think he's ever going to convince cornet and his crew that he's nothing more than the guy who sticks his hand in his pockets no, no so exactly it's not something to get worked up about no exactly um i think anyone who actually watches this sort of programming regularly will already know that cassidy's fantastic exactly and he can do very good comedy 
that doesn't mean he's not a good wrestler. Right. I mean, like, Kenny Omega has been wrestler of the year multiple times. He's been world champion in multiple promotions, have match of the year multiple times. And people's like, oh, jazz hands. Oh, he wrestled a nine-year-old girl. Oh, my God. And that's the only thing they remember. So yeah. they're not they're not worth losing, losing sleep. Doesn't matter. Let's get into the full review of this show. We're going to have to speed through some of the matches here because, goodness me, there's a lot of matches to get through. We don't have that much time. It I have so off. much to say about Lance Archer and Nick Camarado. Well, we'll get to that because first we need to talk about Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi versus Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. I forgot about this one. Mm. Goto and Yoshihashi won, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have Goto on the card, I guess. Yeah. Considering that... Tanashi beat him to, to face Moxley. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I think you could have put them in the tag three-way. Sure. Because they were the former champions. I'm yeah. pretty sure Cobb and and, uh, and Khan beat them, right? That'd so, cool. like, just put, like, another New Japan team in there. And, like, Rapongi Vice is, like, kind of half and half. Yeah. You know, I think I would have balanced it out and put a couple of these guys. It would have made it so I, there's one less match and I don't have to sit mm-hmm. through the factory. Yeah. Not that QT Marshall and Aaron Solo did anything wrong. I just, I'm not watching this This was before a, them. a perfectly fine match. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, Lance Archer defeated Nick Comoroto. This was also fine. Don't really have much to say about that. Uh, next match was great, though. Swerve and our glory. Keefley and Swerve Strickland versus Suzuki going. That's El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. This was awesome. This was really good fun. This really picked up towards the end, but they got given like 12 minutes, which I think mm. was it was by far the longest buy-in match. So this felt like a main card yeah. match. Uh, really, really good. Like, Keith Lee and Swerve, I thought that they were going to lose because they were going to like implode or whatever, but they didn't. Uh, they just kind of won. It was really good. Uh, they're, they're both such good wrestlers. And then compared with, you know, your boy Despy. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was just a fun time. It was a really fun time, and what I'm excited about for this in particular is we go into a match like this, and it's like, oh, are, are Swerve and Our Glory going to break up? Or are they going to have a miscommunication spot? Are they going to lose? Is there going to be dissension? No, no, no. This That's coming. That's down the road. Mm-hmm. You don't know when that's going to happen yet. Yeah. And that is what I think AEW like does best in storytelling a lot of the time. Not all the time, because... You had, like, the House of Black and the, the Death Triangle thing, and it goes on for six months, and it's yep. way too long. Yeah. But, like, the Hangman Page story with Kenny and FTR and the turn and all that, and then Wardlow's turn, they do a really good job of building up to the eventual payoff of something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's going to happen between Swerve and Keith, but that's exciting. Like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'll watch every week, because maybe it happens this week. Yeah. This was a really fun match. I love, I love the difference of styles. Between, like, we're going to put a junior tag team and we're going to put him against Swerve, who is a is a tall man, and Keith, who's a big man in every way. And it's just so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's Kenamaru and Desperado are, like, one of the more underrated tag teams in the world. Great junior tag team. Love Kanemaru. One of the great, like, heels that doesn't try and get himself over, but just is a heel. Meanwhile, Desperado's awesome, and they had an awesome match. Yeah. Yeah. Afterwards, there was a promo from uh, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. It feels like they're continuing that thing with uh, Keith Lee and Swerve as well. Um, we then have uh, Max Caster and the Gun Club versus the the New Japan 
Young Lions, basically. But the thing with this match uh, was that uh, it didn't really happen because Danhausen cut a promo. Mm -hmm. And then the ass boys ran off to find Danhausen. So it was just Billy Gunn and Max Caster in this match against the four New Japan guys. And then they just kind of won. Like, Billy Gunn got a hot tag. Yeah. And then he he, he did the Famouser, and then Matt Scassa did the mic drop. The what? The Famouser. Did the what? The the, fa the Fame-asser. Thank you. Dolph Ziggler fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a Dolph Ziggler fan. Don't give me that. <laughs> WWE's corrupted me. Um, uh, And then they just kind of won. Yeah. That's Dude. right. It was fine. I mean, yeah, I guess it was it was inoffensive, but I was yeah. like, what was the thought process yeah. behind this one? Like, Just a bit weird. Yeah, let's have Max Caster and Billy Gunn beat four young lions, mm -hmm. sort of. I don't think and, BKC is technically and, a young lion. And but. be the baby faces in this yeah. match as well. It was weird. Very, very bizarre. I think, man, I don't know what I would have booked in its place yeah. or anything like that because maybe, you nah. You don't want to do a showcase match on the buy-in with a bunch of young lions. You mm. just want them to get beat and everything. Yeah, That's fine. Sure. Uh, yeah. I'm just the one guy that really wants to see Yuya Uemura have a breakout match on AEW. But I understand Probably. this wasn't the time for it. Yeah. Uh, but then the main card kicked off with Minoru Suzuki and the Jericho Appreciation Society, that being Jericho and Sammy Guevara, versus Eddie Kingston, Shota Umino, and Wheeler Yuta. Winning team receiving the man advantage for the Blood and Guts match. Uh, this was probably, out of the main card matches, probably my least anticipated match going into it. Agreed. I'm a bit bored of Chris Jericho. So I was, just wasn't really looking forward to it. Like, Suzuki's there, and that'll be fun. Kingston's there, that'll be fun. Wheelie is great. Shota Umino's great. But I'm just like, anything that's involving Jericho just seems to be enveloping a lot of other stuff right now. And I'm like, ah, it's just kind of like dragging it down. I'm not too into it. But... This was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Yep. This was so much fun to kick, kick this off. The the strikes between Suzuki and Kingston, they know it's not real, right? It's a masterclass of selling in pro wrestling. Unbelievable stuff. Like we were saying on the live reactions that they were selling in two different ways, but also the same. In that it was they were just going back and forth with chops and, and you know forearms and all that stuff. And Kingston was sending it like it's hurting him. Like he recoils every time and he goes down. He's like, oh, that one's getting me. But then he comes back up and he keeps fighting it all the time. And he's like, right, I'm getting fired up from this one now. That's hurting, but I'm going to use it. And Suzuki was standing there being like, I don't care. Yep. Just no selling everything. Just like, yeah, and try me again. And it's just the contrast between them. You understand their characters immediately just through that selling. Yep. It's it, wonderful. It, it's genuinely brilliant. Mm. And when people say you tell stories in the ring through your body language, this is exactly it. It shows every characteristic of these guys you need to know in like 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. I could weep talking about it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just perfect pro wrestling. Yeah. And it doesn't surprise me considering it's, who's involved. Exactly. It's perfect storytelling. And um, this was great. Um, yeah, it, so ended up with uh, Jericho Appreciation Society getting the win. Uh, there was some interference with floyd the bat uh shota umino got like this big like showcase and like big hope spot though which was really really cool 
Um, but in the end, uh, it was Jericho got the win with the Judas effect uh, in the end on Shota, which was the right call as well, because then that means that the heels have the man advantage going into blood and guts, which is how booking works yeah. and psychology. So that's good. I'm glad that the heels won here. Um, a great opener, though. How many years does it take of blood and guts before they're like i think we can do the baby face thing right <laughs> i'd be like you are not the one no nope. there's no one that can do this right no nope. stupid stop trying it yeah <sighs> i i think the only way to have the baby face having the baby face team having the man advantage psychology works is if they actually don't and they have the baby face uh psychology and then the babyface turns in the match and becomes a heel. Right. And then it becomes the heels have the advantage because they've swapped sides. Right. Like that, that to me is the only way that that thing works. Yeah. Because having babyfaces on top doesn't work doesn't for psychology. Work. It just doesn't. <laughs> they keep trying it. Yeah. TNA uh, did it for like 10 years. Uh, yes, unreal. I am super excited about this. I love that Shota ate the pin mm -hmm. because, again, as we saw later in the show, it doesn't matter. It happened later in the show, but Jericho th ended up throwing a fireball into Shota Umino's face. Yep. That to me. That is very spicy, very tasty. I'm very much crossing my fingers, hoping that Shota Umino is going to end up a member of the Blackpool Combat Club, That's like fun. an official member. He's part of the crew and everything, and you can have an awesome dynamic between him and Mox and Wheeler Yuta and, and whoever else they add to this group. Like It gets me excited about the Blackpool Combat Club again, because again, I agree with you. I think the Jericho stuff's kind of brought my enjoyment of the Blackpool Combat Club thing down just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Not a ton, just a little bit, because they're still great. But I was just enjoying this bit more when they were in their recruitment phase. And they are just like, we're just the baddest dudes, and we're going to kill everybody. And now, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just cool. I just want to see the Blackpool Combat Club, like, never lose. Yeah. Win every match. Totally. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the greatest. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the greatest... Uh, we then had the uh, three-way winner-takes-all tag match. Uh, FTR versus United Empire, that being Great Okan and Jeff Cobb, and Rapongi Vice uh, for the Ring of Honor tag titles and the IWGP uh, heavyweight tag titles as well. This was amazing. This might have been my match of the night? Question mark. I don't know yet. I genuinely, I can't pick what my match of the night was because there were so many good ones. But... I don't know what happened in this match, if it was a work or a shoot, but damn, the context of having all the injuries going into Forbidden Door, because this show was plagued with injuries beforehand. Not just injuries, but like unfortunate circumstances, Takahashi getting a fever, you know, stuff like yeah. that, that just forced people to miss this show. Such, such a bad lead into the show. And you already think that this show is cursed. And you get a, a couple minutes into this match... And Dax Harwood goes down, rolls out, and is immediately checked on by a doctor at ringside. You go, oh, no. It's not the great Okan going down. No. No. This is Dax it's Harwood. It's Dax Harwood. It's Dax Harwood. One of the top one or two best workers in this match. Yeah. The dude I was like, I sat there and I was like, I want to see Dax Harwood versus Jeff Cobb so bad. And they're like tagged in and he tagged out. And then Dax was hurt. I was like, you are kidding me right now yeah it's it was so unfortunate and and we were literally just and especially because it's next as well because ftr are on such a meteoric babyface rise right mm -hmm. now and considering all that goodwill that Dax has, to then have that like cut out from under him, we were like i was ready to weep oh uh, this is like the worst thing that could have happened he then got led out 
and the and they didn't like show it like they weren't filming it. it like an angle exactly they were it was just off in the background of a shot while the match continued and it felt like a little bit like they were kind of stalling and trying to improvise in the match like there wasn't like all these big spots and everything it was just like great Khan was beating up cash for a little bit and it's like i think they're improvising here because now their spots aren't going to plan dax was let out and the commentator's like well dax has been let out, let out here so we're just going to see how this match goes. This match is continuing at this point. And all of us, like, the energy just got sapped. And all yep. of us were like, oh, that is so unfortunate. Like, this could have been match of the night. They're so upset for FTR because yep. what are they going to do now? Like, like, their story is so organically happening for the summer. What's going to happen with them? Oh, I don't know what's going on. And through the whole match, they kept saying, like, you know, Cash obviously doesn't have Dax in his corner. And then we started to think, we were like, but what if it's a work? <laughs> What if Dax comes back later and a few minutes towards the end, Dax Harwood comes back out and the crowd go ballistic when he comes back out? Because not only are they cheering because Dax Harwood is back, but it's the relief of being like, oh my God, he's okay to still wrestle. Oh, thank God. So I don't know what happened there. If something legitimately did come up and he was like, I oh, know, I popped my shoulder out or something and he went back, got it kind of like popped back in and was like, I need to go finish this match and then like went back out. I have no idea. Or whether it was just a work from the start. I don't know, but God damn, it made this match so good because when Dax came back in, we were all just so organically just like, we need FDR to win this match now. This isn't a case of want. This is a need yeah. FDR to win. And they played that story so perfectly. And then FDR got the win. Such a huge feel-good moment. That huge big rig as well. Oh, oh, it was wonderful. It a was, brilliant story. It was brilliant. It really was. And honestly, because we have, I haven't seen anything come out about Dax's condition mm -hmm. since then. Like we've gotten updates on Orange Cassidy's music. We've gotten updates on a variety of things. We've yeah. gotten updates on Adam Cole, whatever. Yeah. We haven't heard anything about Dax. So that leads me to believe this whole thing was a work. Yeah. And that this is just like the new age of perfect selling. Just like you just sell an injury angle mm -hmm. like it's an injury angle and you and not even like it's an angle though you sell it like it's an injury and you treat it as if it's not an angle mm -hmm. which then ma makes people question that like i don't i don't know how often you can go to this well yeah how often before people will start to kind of be in on it yeah but if this was just a work from start to finish the camera work to very specifically show you that it's happened but mm -hmm. not the focus they did not make that the focal point of the shot it's just like oh there they are outside the ring and here's what's happening in the ring yeah it was beautiful that is tremendous anti-kevin dunn camera work <laughs> <laughs> it, it was genuinely beautiful stuff it was such a feel-good moment when they won fdr your champs now and you got to assume that the next goal is going to be the aew world tag titles and they're going to hold all the gold Literally all of the gold. All of it. And so good. Again, like, Kenny Omega's uh, belt collector mm -hmm. deal. Like, he had one of those belts for like a year. Yeah. Beforehand. Yeah, defended a couple times on TV. Then he won the AEW world title. That was a big deal. And then he won the Impact title, and that was that was neat. You know, that was that was a solid another collection yeah. to the Infinity Gauntlet. Absolutely. And then it stopped. Yeah. And it felt like it stopped right before we got the big one. Mm. Like whenever we could finally get Kenny against whoever was the IWGP champion at the time. And at the time it was Kota Ibushi, which mm. really would have been an ideal scenario, oh, but yeah, that just would. didn't didn't work out that way. But this belt collector deal is like FTR have 
the top belts mm -hmm. in tag wrestling now. Yeah. Like, they've got the Ring of Honor tag titles, which, despite whatever Ring of Honor went through, the Ring of Honor tag titles were still, like, that. those were the Briscoe's titles, those mm -hmm. were the Kingdom's titles, those were top tag teams in pro wrestling's titles. You've got the IWGP tag titles, you've got a AAA tag title. If you complete this set with the AEW tag team titles as the last ones, I think that is a wonderful collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very excited to see where FTL go from here, and I hope that Dax is okay. He had a shoulder strap on and ice on his shoulder in the press conference afterwards. That doesn't tell me anything, <laughs> because Dax would totally do that for a work, yep. so that doesn't tell me a single thing about an injury or not. Um, after that, we had the Fatal 4-Way match for the inaugural AEW All-Atlantic Championship. God, we don't we don't have time to go through all these <laughs> matches because this was so much fun. Oh my god! Like the crowd was so into Miro. The pop he got on his entrance was unbelievable. And despite the unknown quantity of this match, because Ishii was taken out with another injury beforehand, Clark Connors was the guy who Ishii beats to qualify for this match. Clark Connors came in and had a brilliant story through this match of just getting constantly shit on in the whole <laughs> match. Anytime he did anything, Miro was like, no. Sit down, Clark. And he just couldn't get a single move in. And he had the other three guys focus on Miro. Clark Connors speared Miro through a table on the outside. Then got in and had these big hope spots and thing. I believe he actually hit his finisher uh, for a near fall in the, uh, in the ring as well. And the crowd were going nuts. They were like, let's go, Clark. And it's such a brilliant story to get behind that kind of unknown quantity in the match. But the crowd was still nuts for Miro, for Pac, for Black. Everybody in this match, they were so behind. And finish came when Miro came back after that table spot. That wasn't the end of Miro. You're going to need more than that to take him out. And he came back in. He locked in the game over. I believe it was on pack. Mm. And uh, but Malachi Black came in, misted Miro, hit the Black Mass onto him, and Pack managed to come back and lock in the brutalizer on Clark Connors and uh, get the win. Pack is your All Atlantic champion. Oh my God, this was so much fun. Yep. So so good. This was cake. This was all the cake. Mm. This was all the sweets. Yeah. It was just non-stop junk food fun wonderful pro wrestling i loved mm -hmm. i loved every bit of how clark connors was presented in this match because yeah. you would think that clark connors spot in this match would be very different from tomohiro ishii's spot you'd think you'd think and thus maybe people would just be disappointed mm. because right you will get a completely different story in this match yeah and it will still be great but I mean, come on, like everyone was looking forward to Ishii being in this match, mm. of course. So I would understand if people were disappointed. But to be able to have Clark Connors still win the people over shows that this performance A was great, B was presented well, and and D, these people were willing to accept that. Yeah. I think a lot of crowds would probably just kind of be like, man, you're the replacement for Ishii. Get out of here. We don't like you. You're Boo. not the person we want. You're not Boo. the person we want. Boo. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, let's go, Clark. You're doing your best. Yeah. Good job. Exactly. I, I think he's got a fantastic spear. He does. He does have a fantastic spear. I agree. Uh, really cool match. Pax got gold finally. Singles gold as well. Hell yeah. Good stuff. Uh, we then had the uh, trios match. Dudes with attitudes. Darby Allen, Sting, and Shingo Takagi versus Bullet Club of El Fantasmo and the Young Bucks. This match, I thought... I remember mentioning this on the on the live reactions. You have these really like intense matches, really like top caliber wrestling in the opener, in the tag trios match, and that fatal four way match. It was like these are all really good wrestlers doing really good wrestling. It was very, really like intense, very like intense rivalries and all that stuff. 
And this was just bollocks the yep. whole time in the best possible way. Because this was peak Bullet Club being Bullet Club dickheads the whole time. It was so good. And it started, started with Sting doing a stage dive. Yep. Madman. Nutter. Like, Sting didn't come out for his entrance. And everyone was like, where's Sting? Bullet Club then came out on the ramp. Lights go out. Lights come back up. Sting is on the the top of the ramp. Well, no. First, Sting is in the rafters. And he teleports. And then he teleports. Let's not focus on that one because that's bad. <laughs> that's stupid. And I don't like that. But I he's... like to think he's ziplined down in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Super quick. Yeah. Really quick. Through the, uh, through the crowd. Uh, and then the lights come back up. He's on top of the stage. Dives onto all of the Bullet Club just to start things off. You just go, oh, okay. Yep, yep. we're in this match. Let's go. Brawls breaks out. And then it, it slows down to a snail's pace mm-hmm. because the Bullet Club just be complete knobs. The whole ELP is so much fun. They do like the whole build up to the back rake spot. Yep. Matt Jackson then does it again, but more. <laughs> it's just the whole. They had nipple tweaking in this match. It was just ridiculous in the best possible way it was such a palate cleanser from the previous like here's all the really good wrestling and i'm not saying this was bad wrestling by any means this wasn't bad wrestling different it was different wrestling and it was just over the top showmanship bollocks Mm. rather than intense technical wrestling uh and and so much fun i had such a blood was laughing the whole time during this match it was great this reminded me of when bullet club was good <laughs> right you know like i don't want to because i think that they've done a lot of good things with bullet club the recent uh years not mm-hmm. like the japanese stuff i don't like the house of torture at all i don't think anything they've done with evil has been very good no but i like jay white a lot i like what they've done with kenta a lot mm-hmm. there's been positive things to come out of bullet club so i don't want to just make it seem like well as soon as they got rid of the young box the bullet club wasn't good anymore but like 2015 Young Bucks when they were doing the suck it thing and they were doing back rakes in every match and they were the dickheads. That was just a different kind of era. Mm-hmm. Like it was a, and it, this match showed me that they didn't, like it was a, a conscious change. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know? absolutely. That they just, they haven't just evolved and their style changed. We don't want to do that anymore. It's just, no, we can go back and just be 2015 Young Bucks if we want yeah, to. absolutely. And if you break that out on, like, one night a year, that's really fun. Mm, so, so good. And I think it was mentioned, I think Luke said it as well, maybe it, maybe it was you, excuse me, on the live reactions, being like, they don't have the over-the-top beards for this right, one. Yeah. They went back to 2015 Bucks of just having normal beards as just another touch to be like, these are the old Bucks that mm-hmm. you've got back again. It was nice. Nice little I, touches. I would bet that in 2015 they were probably clean-shaven. Yeah, that, that sounds Matt right. Matt may have had mutton chops at yeah, that point. Yeah, that's possible. Burns, yeah, yeah, that's possible. Yeah, yeah. Takagi got the pin, by the way, on this one. Uh, great match. Yeah. Had such a, such a fun time. It's like, I won't... It won't be the first one that comes to my mind when I try and think of what my favorite match on the show will be, mm-hmm. but I will absolutely sit down and watch this match if I ever see it like pop up on YouTube. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we then had um, the AEW Women's World Title match of Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm, which, as we mentioned before, was a good three and a half star, three and three quarter star match. Yeah. It was a really good match. Had a lot of fun doing it. Both of them are very good wrestlers. They seem to work really well together. Really good, but it was just it wasn't heated. It wasn't heated. It was two baby faces putting on a wrestling match, yeah. which sometimes can totally work. On this card, it felt like it didn't fit. Yeah, 
It was out of place, and that's a shame. Yeah. But I don't really have too much else to say. It was it was just a good match. Thunder Rosa won. Yeah, I would like to see this match again as like the semi main event of like, you know, a big pay per view, or mm -hmm. maybe have a match like this be one of the headlining matches of like a Grand Slam or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like I want this combination of people to have another shot at putting on the four and a half star match. Cause I just don't think this was their night to do it, no. but they're fully capable of doing it and I want to see it. So I would yeah. like to see it again in another time and place. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think if they get a proper story, mm -hmm. they get another time to do it. Cause this felt like chapter one right. of this feud. And now that Thunder Rosa has won, we want to progress into the next bit. And I know mm -hmm. we spoke on the live reactions a lot about chapter ones yeah. and how AW never goes past chapter one for any women's feud. Not the point. Uh, this week, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt on this one. I hope they actually do something with this. Fingers crossed. Uh, we had Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy next for the IWGP United States Championship. <sighs> this was yeah. so much fun. I... Oh my god. It was the constant combination of Will Ospreay being a knob, because he's mm -hmm. very good at doing that, and him just constantly underestimating Orange Cassidy and then being in disbelief whenever Orange Cassidy was good. Mm -hmm. It's just a tried and tested formula and it works every time. Yep. It's, it's just, this was perfect. This was exactly what you wanted this match to be. Mm. So much fun back and forth. And they built to a brilliant last few minutes. So many like different near falls and amazing looking spots. Orange Cassidy kicked out of the hidden blade and I could not believe <laughs> my eyes. I was like, what just <laughs> happened there? Uh, but Osprey got the win in the end. It was awesome. It was awesome. The story of brilliant wrestler frustrated by idiot mm -hmm. is so easy. Mm -hmm. This is why I think, like, honestly, my two smartest people in all of pro wrestling are Brock Lesnar and Orange Cassidy because yeah. they've managed to make the most money while doing the littlest amount of work. Because you can put on a match like this and it means so much more because Orange Cassidy is who he is. Yeah. You know, again... Sure. I think once you build to the big matches, as we've always said, like with our Rampage reviews, when we get like the mid-tier Orange Cassidy matches mm -hmm. that don't really hit the mark for me, if you turn that all the way up and let him go full balls to the wall, he is one of like the more well-presented characters in AEW just because he has such a unique gimmick. Mm -hmm. he's, he's able, again, all these matches were different, but every match that Orange Cassidy is in is different from the other ones on the on the show. Yeah. Which is why I always think it's very valuable to have a guy like him, a guy like a Toriano on a show, because it, it allows variety. It allows yeah. a match to be unique and distinct. And thankfully, Orange Cassidy is still a brilliant wrestler in his own right, so it's not just comedy. Yeah. It's comedy, but it's also great wrestling, and when you mix those together in a match like this, like you get what we get, and that's maybe the match of the night. Yeah. It's totally up there. If someone says this is my match tonight, I'm not going to argue with you. Nope. Oh, yeah. Makes total sense. So much fun. But Osprey did retain. Great stuff. Loved it. We then had Zack Sabre Jr. versus mystery opponent Danielson's choice of replacement. And this. Okay. I'm going to get my nitpick out of the way. I really hate it when crowds pop and we can't see who they're popping for. Yeah. Stop doing that. It really winds me up because you want to join in with the crowd. You want to be like, yeah, joining in with the crowd. And you're like, yeah, someone calls here. I, th I think someone's, who is it? Oh, it's Claudio. Okay. It's like a really delayed, like, just show me who it is. It's not that difficult. They've done it before with like Keith Lee's debut. That was perfect. 
because you popped with the crowd. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. Stop doing that. But that aside, Claudio's back. Yeah. Yay! Claudio Castagnoli uh, debuted here, uh, formerly known as Cesaro in WWE, uh, and had a banger of a match against Zack Sabre Jr. I would like to go through this match and count how many uppercuts there were. <laughs> there were so many, and all of them were great. Uh, I loved the storytelling of Zack being able to, like, uh, on the mat, sometimes was able to outmaneuver Claudio. Mm -hmm. But then Claudio would come back and hit him with an uppercut and be like, and now you're on the floor again, because right. <laughs> I can just knock you down. Yeah. Uh, this was absolutely wonderful. This match started off with Claudio diving at Zack Sabre Jr., hitting a huge uppercut and a neutralizer, and everyone went, oh my god, he's just going to win! He's just going to squash him! Oh no! And it was, for, it was for a perfect near fall. And the crowd, like, they'd already popped for Claudio coming back. Right. And this just elevated their pop to be like, oh yeah, cool, we can see really cool Claudio. This is great. Right. Uh, and it just elevated that excitement. It was so, so good. <laughs> I think, see, I think they nailed it. They did the perfect everything they needed to do. Mm-hmm. Because I know if Claudio had just won this match in eight seconds, people would have been very disappointed. Oh, yeah, they would. Yeah. You know, and granted, I think that is that is one way to get a new star over. Mm. Do a quick, And on a show like this, you can probably have a match somewhere just be like a, a quick surprise squash. Mm. Didn't expect. Bam, he's gone. Whatever. This was not the match to do it in. No. But it was a great near fall. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate watching uh, Claudio, pardon mm. me, yes. caught myself, Claudio outside of the confines of a WWE ring. Because mm -hmm. again, it happens every time one of these folk jump ship. I think there's a best in the world. And then I see them wrestle and be like, oh no, it was just them. They were just in WWE. Yeah. You know? It's... I watched one Brian Danielson match. I was like, oh, he was just... The, oh, the best wrestler yeah. in hiding was just on hiatus for a decade. That's him. You know? He's the best. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I cannot wait to see this man wrestle. Yep. And see him wrestle and not sports entertain mm -hmm. and be forced to fit in a box that he's not really... Like, he would have been perfect for if they had a clue. Because he's mm -hmm. big and strong and has a good look and is a great wrestler and yep. everything. But... Nothing yep. could be done, but oh my god, this match was great. This was so much fun. I loved all everything about this match, and this also means that Claudio is part of the Blackpool Combat Club now as well. He's going to be in Blood and Guts on Wednesday as well. I love all of this. To the moon for Claudio. Yep. Uh, I'd also like to point out, I've seen the chat. Yes, we forgot to talk about Shibata. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> in the last match, after the IWGP United States chat, I'm just looking at... I don't have any notes. I'm yeah. just looking at the card. I'm just going from match to match. Um, after the last match of Osprey and Orange Cassidy, United Empire start beating down Orange Cassidy. Big brawl ensues, and everyone's like, who's going to come out to help save yes. the, the baby faces here? And the music hit, and all of us on the air actions didn't know who it was for a little bit. Crowd were going nuts. We were like... I mean, I feel like it's someone important. And then you had the realization before me, like you're like, oh my God, it's Shibata. We were like, oh my God, it's Shibata. It, <laughs> I've, I haven't gone back and like rewatched a, a lot of the bits of the stream. Just mm. I, I've probably gotten maybe an hour or two of sleep since then. Yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been a long oh, one. It's been a long one. But I went back and rewatched that because that reaction, that order of events of reaction mm. To me, was really funny. Yeah. Because literally, I was mid-sentence saying Toriano <laughs> needs to come and save Orange Cassidy. And which, by the way, 
would have been great. Also, that would have been, been a great moment to have Toriyana come out and have a face off with Orange Cassidy. Ugh. Perfect. That would have been so great. It would have been so much fun. But because we are listening to the TV with the volume fairly turned down, we can't really hear the music. We yeah. can tell the music has hit. Yes. And there are obviously people popping, but I couldn't hear the music. And I could tell, though, that it wasn't Yano's music or mm -hmm. Okada's music yeah. or some big chaos member coming to save the rest of the stablemates. And you can just see me go, oh, who's this? What? And it, wait. And I'm the one who is, oh, my God. Is, oh, my God. It's Shibata. <laughs> Meanwhile, you two are both just like, whoa, loud noise. <laughs> yeah. what, what's happening? We're like, why is Tempest popping? What's going on? Who's this person? Just both of you just. And then as, as, as soon as you say the name Shibata, we're like, and then, wait, really? <laughs> Look back at the TV and then we just watch him come out. Oh, this was so great. Shibata just beats up Will Ospreay. Yeah. This was good. I want, like, I want most of all for Shibata to be healthy and happy forever and ever. Absolutely. Amen. Yes. However, if he is able to do that and also wrestle safely, I want him against every wrestler on the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's Go got time to make up want, for. I want, I want, I want him against Claudio. Please. I want Shibata to win the IWGP Heavyweight. <laughs> yes. So bad. Oh, that's such a good idea. Like, yeah. I don't want. This is not the time to get into the whole kitten caboodle about Katsuyori Shibata. No. But y'all realize that this man had to retire like two months after the first Kenny Okada match. Mm. Like, right when New Japan exploded. This would be the most popular wrestler on Earth. Mm -hmm. If New Japan was super popular when he was hot, and if he kept wrestling when New Japan got hot. Yeah. And hopefully, we can get some form of recompense for that. Yeah. Because I want to see Shibata against Will Ospreay and yeah, against man. Orange Cassidy and everyone. Yeah. God, yeah. Uh, sorry, we forgot to talk about that earlier. Sexy ass Shibata. Uh, we then had the semi main event, which was Jay White versus Hangman Adam Page versus Kazuchika Okada versus Adam Cole for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, and this was on course to be my match of the night. This yeah. was so much fun. This felt like a huge fight feel. The crowd were treating Okada like an absolute megastar. He just had to stand there and crowd were like, ha yeah, we like that guy. But who's that? I'm a casual fan who's never watched wrestling before. Yeah, it's Okada. Oh, thank you for telling me. You should. I'm going to go and yell on Twitter that you didn't tell me. You should uh, go and watch WrestleTalk's video about uh, everything you need to know about New Japan. Thank you, I will. Forbidden door. I'm sure it, it, a really handsome things. Canadian man probably voice. I think so. Yeah. I think he might have, yeah. yeah. Uh, this match was so, so good. And the finish is the thing that people are going to be talking about in this match because it's the thing that kind of overshadowed everything. But everything leading up to that was amazing. Yeah. So, so good. You had the great stare downs that you wanted between like Okada and Paige, for example. Had those two going at it for a while. You had some brilliant like counters and near falls, like Hangman Page going for repeated buck shots, uh, dodges of rainmakers and things like that. It was everyone interacted so perfectly. You had the team up of Jay White and Adam Cole, Adam Cole betraying Jay White because Jay White didn't give him the title shot that he wanted. All that stuff going back and forth playing in this match was so, so good. But unfortunately, it was let down by the finish, which wasn't seemingly their fault. And that Adam Cole seemingly got an injury mm -hmm. at some point. We don't quite know what it is yet. The reports are it might have been a concussion. We don't know. It looked like his arm pulled really weird when Okada yeah. went for a Rainmaker on him. He just kind of collapsed. So it looked like Okada was supposed to hit the Rainmaker, but Cole just kind of like collapsed in front of it. So he didn't actually get hit by it at all. 
Jay White then came in the ring, hit a Blade Runner onto Okada, and then Jay White pinned Adam Cole, despite Cole not having been hit with a move, which seems like it was an audible call at the time. The reports are that that wasn't actually the planned finish, but they had to just do it because Cole wasn't in a right way to continue. And we mentioned this, you know, a few minutes afterwards on the live reactions. If Cole was going to be the guy to lose here, you can't really change that. Yeah. Because you can't have Okada get pinned. If the agreement with New Japan is that Adam Cole is losing and getting pinned in this match, you can't risk a relationship with New Japan by then calling an audible and pinning Okada. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I'm sure they have stories in in uh, storylines in line for Adam Page that would probably get messed up if he pins because wins and losses matter. Um, and this felt like you couldn't really change around stuff, so they just had to go with what they had in mind and just cut the match short cut their losses and just be like let's just end it yeah which sucks for a viewer but it's probably the best thing they could have done that is the conclusion that i've come to mm. basically where because we were sitting there afterwards we we're like oh you could have done this you could have done that and then the more i thought about it if you were given this scenario with the restrictions that you have mm. and forget how you got there bang you were in that moment the guy that needs to take the pin is concussed you cannot give him another move mm-hmm what do you do? Yeah. You pin him. You pin him. That's it. You the match, it. The, right. You killed the match, but that's it. Yeah. Match, the, it happens. Yeah. Accidents happen. Is. Like, yeah. it's a real shame that it happened in this match on mm. this show, but I can't really say that I would have done anything different in charge. Right. Like, I don't think yeah. that there's really anything else that you could have done. Yeah. And I think that if the plan was for Jay White to pin Adam Cole anyway... I, that's how I predicted the story would have gone, yeah. that J-Rock would have pinned Adam Cole. So it feels like that's the logical story progression. And the good thing about, about this is, is that you can actually play this off because if the reports come up that Adam Cole is actually injured from this, if he has a concussion or whatever, first off, speedy recovery to Adam Cole. Hope you get better soon, bud. Um, you can make the story of it that Jay White noticed that Adam Cole was injured and out of it yeah. and was like, I'm going to take advantage and pin you. Adam Cole can be upset about that, being like, what the hell, man? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you take advantage of, like, I was out of it. I couldn't even defend myself. And Jay White was like, eh, I'm a heel. That's what I do. I, I saw the opportunity and I won. You can make a story out of it. Bullet and that's still, it still works as yeah. part of the story. It's not the most climactic thing we wanted, but given the circumstances, you can't really fault them too much for this, yeah. which is a shame. But yeah. it's what it is. Yeah. Maybe you could have pinned Paige, but I'm going to go Maybe. off the assumption that they couldn't. Yeah. You know, otherwise, for whatever reason. maybe they would, but... That would be the only other thing. And you want to pin Hangman Page? You can. You can have the IWGP Heavyweight Champion pin Hangman yeah, Page, I think, in a can. four-way. I think you can make something happen. You yeah. Know, but, again, I think the best scenario is probably the one we got. I think so, yeah. Uh, we then had the main event, which was John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the interim AEW World Championship. And we felt this, and... It sounded like the crowd weren't quite as into this. From the get-go, they got into this match towards the end of it. Like, they they built the crowd back up, don't you worry. But at the start of this, it felt like people were a bit like, oh, because they didn't really know what happened at the end of that last match. They were a bit like, wind taking out the sails a little bit going into this main event, which was a massive shame. But credit to Moxie and Tanahashi, they got everyone right back into it because this was a really fun match. And it felt like a big fight feel. And this was also... Very different to the previous match we just got. That was very, very fast-paced, constant action, because you had people rotating in and out, lots of really like cool psychology and spots and team-ups and all that stuff, and this was just two big guys going at it. Yep. Great. There's a really, really nice variety on this show, as we mentioned before. Uh, again, ju- just a really fun match. Moxley bladed, 
A lot of blood. Yeah. I don't know if it helped the match, really. Yeah. It just kind of mocks these thing now at this yeah. point, I guess. He bleeds. He, he bleeds. bled a lot. He did. It's yeah. fine, I guess. He's a Whatever. Yeah, he's a bleeder. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a really fun match. I thought yeah. it was great. Yeah. I, like, it's weird. I thought it was, like, four-star match. Yeah, it was. Which was, that's great. Yes. A show like this, mm-hmm. you just kind of hope that the main event's, like, an all-time five-star classic. And I, yeah. it's like, it was a really, really fun match. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I don't think it, like, didn't lower my enjoyment of the show by any means. Not but I think if the finish of the previous match hadn't killed it, I think this match would have been elevated a lot more by the crowd and not having that hurt it a little bit. And again, this was kind of the slower match of the two. Mm-hmm. So that was really not the match to be killed by the crowd. You know, it just wasn't ideal at the start. They got there by the end because Hiroshi Tanahashi is like maybe the one of the best stories. He's like top two or three in-ring storytellers of all time mm-hmm. like legit not just saying that the man is goaded mm-hmm. he is in the god tier of storytelling and pro wrestling so literally just his his selling of the bulldog choke and everything at the end mm-hmm. where he wasn't gonna win he didn't hit another move he just sold to his feet and then got hit with the paradigm shift that last two minutes of tanahashi selling Made the match so much better. Yep. And it didn't even build anything. It was just making the most out of those last few minutes. Mm -hmm. And he is one of the best of all time at doing that. Mm -hmm. It was was pretty rad. It was pretty good. I wish I could have seen Tanahashi and Moxley wrestle live. I was really hoping that would be the match at All Out last year when I was there. And then it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I love Kojima, but I was really hoping for this one. And we got it, and it was good. It was very good. Uh, John Moxley got the win, as Tempest mentioned. So he is your interim AEW World Champion. Uh, I think that's what most people expected going into this match. I think a lot of people kind of worked themselves into the idea of, well, they could do something shocking by giving right. it to Tanahashi, which might have been a more a more uh, satisfying one for fans to be like, whoa, huge pop for the thing that I didn't so. think was going to happen. But I think the the safer bet yeah. is probably Moxley. I was gonna say this is for sure the safe bet. Yeah, Moxley carried this company through 2020 yeah. as world champion and did a fantastic job of that. Yeah. So I don't I don't look at it as like oh I didn't get the thing that I wanted. It's just like okay I can't be mad that they went with the safe pick. Mm. You know yeah. I was just like if I was booking and you want to make this. Forbidden Door crossover thing feel as big as possible. Have the biggest Japanese star of, like, the last Mm -hmm. 20 years win your top title. Yeah. You know? Like, if you're going to do it, go for it. Do it. Now, why not now? It's the interim title. Like, you know, you can go for it. But at the same time, like, Moxley having a nice run through the summer and probably facing Punk when he's able to to come back, whether that be all out or full gear or whenever it is. Yeah. That that's also very good. Like Tanahashi's gonna be in the G one, so that would complicate matters. He wouldn't be able to be on TV during the summer. And if the G one wasn't a factor in this, I really think it would have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. I think they really could have done something fun there. But they just it just wasn't gonna happen this time. Yeah. You know? It's unfortunate. Uh and that was the show and nothing else happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened after this match. Bollocks. That was the end of the show. 
sort of. Except something did happen. Uh, because we then had a brawl with Jericho Appreciation Society, and then all the baby faces of the blood and guts came out, and then Claudio came out with his music, and everyone knew that Claudio was coming because he's in blood and guts. Because we'd seen him already. Because we'd seen him already. We had that pop, that moment happened already. Yeah. So then he came out and he cleared house, which was fun, and he did a swing, and people popped for the swing, and that was cool. And then the show just kind of ended. Like, everyone just kind of was waiting for what the point of all this was. Yeah. And we never got one. And, like, I understand from a business perspective that you want to promote your next show that's happening on Wednesday. That you, that you think is, like, a really big deal that you want to promote. My argument is they'd already promoted it yep. several times in this show. You had a match determining the number one, the, the man advantage uh, in that match. You had Claudio debuting and you're putting up it. He's also in Blood and Guts on Wednesday. Hey guys, he's just beaten Zack Sabre Jr. And he's also in Blood and Guts on Wednesday. You've already been promoting this match. You don't need to end your pay-per-view with the same brawl that you did on Dynamite and on Rampage. This is not the end of a pay-per-view angle. The end of a pay-per-view should be, especially because... Granted, not this year, but you only do four pay-per-views a year. Five this year for AEW, seemingly. You're only going to do five pay-per-views a year? You want to end those with those big, like, moments being like, here's your champion holding up your belt. Here's what's next for your company is this man or this woman holding this title. That's what you want for your ending shot of the pay-per-view. Not, oh, Jericho appreciates society are holding their heads. Yeah. Because we get that on Dynamite and Rampage. Yeah. It, it, it sullied the end of this show. Yeah. And like, to me, that's annoying. Going into this show, Chris Jericho was the 30th dude on this show that mattered, probably. Yeah. Like, you go, he was in the opener. Yeah. Like, like he's Chris Jericho, of course, but, like, it wasn't the most anticipated match. It wasn't the most heated match. It was still great, but, like, it wasn't the most important thing. I don't know why that was then made the focal point of the whole pay-per-view at the end. Yeah. Because there were, like... Of course. Not everyone's going to be at the show. I don't know who's there. I don't know what you could do. If you switch the order, things around, things were different. What if you had, like, Bullet Club show up? Like, mm -hmm. actual Bullet Club. Like, Jay White and Juice and Kenta and Bad Luck Fale and, you know, ELP I mean, and, the, and whoever. Jay like, White and Juice were both there. Yeah, exactly. Like, do a Bullet Club run-in because that's big New Japan and that'll build to something else later and you don't know what exactly yet but you'll look forward to it and you'll tune in next week to get an explanation or something like that or maybe you have Punk come out and just stand face to face with Moxley build up for their return match face to face with Tanahashi build up for whenever they have their match yeah there were a lot of things that you could have done and I wouldn't have even put this one on the list no I really wouldn't like ending this with with this brawl specifically this brawl as well because it wasn't like there was anything big. The, the big difference was Claudio was there. Yeah. We'd already seen Claudio on this show. If yeah. this was Claudio's debut, I can see the argument for right. it. You want to end with, oh my God, Claudio's here. Big debut. And the announcement that he's in Blood and Guts. Mm -hmm. Hot damn, that's crazy. I need to tune in for next week, right? Mm -hmm. That I can see the argument for. That had already happened earlier in the show. This didn't add anything. Yeah. This was the same brawl we saw on Dynamite and Rampage, but also with Claudio, which didn't fundamentally change the message of the brawl it's still a brawl between good good guys and bad guys yeah. that is it it's just it felt like it just was a complete misstep on booking and it just left the show feeling flat rather than the triumphant moment of moxie moxie and tanahashi tanahashi was just lying on the floor this whole brawl mm. and felt so unimportant it's i don't know it just felt almost 
in a way disrespectful to the main event. You know, it's like just let them have their moment in the main event to be like, Moxley's your new interim world champ. You should care about that. Yeah. I don't know. It felt a bit weird. Felt off to me. Here's a comparison for you. Mm. You remember that really bad movie, Bright? (laughs) Yes. You know how they get to the end of that movie? Mm -hmm. And like the movies happen. And they yeah. get to the very end, they're like in their hospital bed, yep. and they spend five minutes just explaining the plot of the movie. That you just saw. That you just saw. Yeah. Kind of felt like that. Yeah. Where it's like this show just went on five minutes too long, and they showed us a rerun of what we'd already seen, <laughs> when they could have just cut it, and it would have been a great ending. Not that Bright would have had a great ending either, no. but... No. But anyway, yeah. regardless, it was an odd ending to this show, and I'll say it's one of... It, I think it was probably realistically the only bad point on this show that was in their control i think so i think that's fair to say which is not you know if if that is the only really bad thing i can point out on this show that was their fault this is a great show right you you can't you can't say fairer than that really however i do think the most important part of the show is the ending it's true don't leave him don't mess up your go off the show angle yeah but if that's the only thing wrong with it, I agree. We could we could have bigger problems here. And especially because AEW shows, what you're wanting to see is fantastic wrestling. Yeah. And you saw We got that. Fantastic. Everyone wrestling. got their money's worth for No one's like, oh, show's ruined. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, this was not a show ruining angle by any no. means. It just left it a bit flat, is all. Let's get into the rest of your Ultra Chats here. We've already overrun a little bit. Sorry. We like the show. Yeah, it's a five-hour show. What do you want from us? Um, uh, But last chance to get those in at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Uh, We'll go through all the ones that are five US bucks and up by the time the show goes off the air. Ready, set, Max said, uh, So I caved in and bought the pay-per-view because of the blood and guts involvement of those matches. Boy, I am happy I did. I feel like OC versus Will was the match of the night. Totally fair. And we will not argue with you. Not at all. Uh, Dex Baker said, BR Live is awful. The only match I managed to see uninterrupted was the FTR match. A shame because I completely fell in love with Shingo last night. Yeah. Isn't this really nice, Tempest? Especially for a New Japan fan. For loads of people to be like, this is the first time I'd seen Zack Sabre Jr. This is the first time I'd seen Will Ospreay. This is the first time I'd seen Shingo. And I love all of these guys. It's like they're great or something. Right? Like they're they're really, really great. Yeah, Yeah. your BR Live sucks. Uh, Stephen McCulloch said, Hey guys, two things. Wheeler opening up against Jericho looked like he was doing all Chris Benoit moves with the German and the crossface. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. Also, Grand Slam coming back to the most magical place on earth, Long Island, MJF? Is, is, uh, is that in Long Island? I didn't think it was on. It's in Queens, it's in, or it's in, it? it's in New York. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think it's on Long Island. Chat, tell us if Arthur Ashe Stadium is, is on is that, Long is Island. Arthur I don't Ashe think Island. it is. I think it's in Queens, isn't it? I have no idea. I'm pretty idea. sure it's in Queens. Yeah. Uh, Will Campbell said, went to the show in a thi- uh, went to see the show in a theater about 30 minutes away from where I live. Absolutely amazing show. Also, I'm in Adam Cole's Discord server, and the chat went absolutely bananas when we saw Big Swiss roll- rock up on the show, and we're praying our leader is okay. Shout out to you, Chugs. Mm. Uh, they say it's in Queens. I'm right. Mm. I know my geography. Well done. That Rye guy said, pleasantly surprised by how well the audience reacted to Clark Connors. Honestly, think the four-way was enhanced by him being in it instead of Ishii. 
It definitely added an element to it. Yes. I don't know if it was enhanced because we don't know what the Ishii match would have looked like. Exactly. But I, it's definitely a different element. I can't imagine that an Ishii match would be worse than this. Yeah. I think sure. it was different. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it was better, but I think it was also good and it was different. Yeah. Uh, that Rai guy said, Jim Ross kept walking over Kevin Kelly, making good and relevant points, I thought. Maybe heat there from where Kevin was lead on New Japan World when JR was lead for New Japan on Access TV and the New Japan audience overwhelmingly preferred Kevin? I don't know. I don't know about no commentary beef. Nope. I don't want no beef. These are two of my favorite commentators. You don't want no beef? Um, <laughs> I don't want no beef. <laughs> you don't want no beef. I can't, I can't do it, Demis. <laughs> I can't do it, man. It's such a stupid movie. It's a very bad movie, that oh. one. Cassidy Delaney said, Superb show, but for next year, I need Naito versus Christian. Odd pick, I know, but think about how good and just fun that match would be. I mean, yeah. Yeah? I'm on board. Yeah? Uh, and also, Jeff Cobb versus Miro, please. Mm -hmm. What matches do you lads need to see at next year's show? Oh, I mean, I like both of those. Danielson uh, versus Shibata. Yeah. <laughs> Danielson and literally you can say Danielson and anybody. I want to see Pac and Shingo again. Mm, I would, cool. uh, I'd like to see Miro and Shingo. Mm. I'd like to see Keith Lee and Ishii. Keith Lee, uh, Ishii, run it back. You know, uh, literally like put every combination together. Punk and Osprey will probably yeah. have a match at some point. Yeah. Uh, Brian and Kenta, I want to see have a match. Mm -hmm. I want to see Punk and Kenta. Yeah, Punk and Kenta. I I want to. I this isn't going to be a, like a forbidden door, but again, I want to see like Moxley and Tom Lawler mm -hmm. have a match. Yeah, you know, just like I want to see really fun combinations that I wouldn't get to see otherwise. Yeah, that's all I want. Uh, Michaela Traub said, I couldn't pick between Pac and Black, so I wore my bastard tank top under a Malachi shirt. At the end, I whipped it off and said, see, called it. Uh, that was a phenomenal match. Cassidy stole the show. That was my match of the night. Again, Great stuff. Argue. Yep. Uh, Michaela Traub again said, uh, I truly didn't think FTR would win because of the New Japan AAA bull. How can they hold both when they can't even be mentioned in the same sentence? Also, why didn't they go with an uh, Emmy or Yuka for the women's match? You have a perfectly good Joshi right there. I don't know if that works if it's supposed to be like a New Japan crossover. Right. Well, it's not a Japan crossover. Right. It's a New Japan crossover specifically. So I don't know if just putting in other Japanese wrestlers would right. fit the bit. That's why I think like the Stardom one is like the closest because they're owned by the same because company. They're owned by Bushi Road. And exactly. they do some crossover between New Japan and, and Stardom. Mm -hmm. Like they have Stardom matches on the Wrestle Kingdom show right. sometimes. You know, yeah. that sort of thing. There's something there that you could work with as opposed to just Let's put Yuka in the match, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. Although I do think that match would also be very fun. Mm, you know? Of course, yeah, yeah. Not denying you know? that. But, uh, I again, I don't think the New Japan and AAA, them too, is as big of an issue as just like, well, AAA, you, you are not CMLL. Yeah. How dare you not be CMLL? We will not speak to you. Mm -hmm. Our people will not be on shows with your people. And I think it's more like, I don't think they care who the belts are on. No. I think it's really. just you cannot have a triple A contracted talent mm -hmm. on these shows with our contracted talent. Yeah. Nuclear Overreactor said, I was at the show last night and OC versus Osprey was unreal to see live. I went with three friends who do not watch wrestling and they were on their feet the whole last few minutes. And afterward, they said uh, they want to watch AEW now purely for Orange Cassidy. What a draw. What a draw. Uh, I suddenly don't have a refresh button. There it is. Um, uh, should we, uh, hot tag. I can hot tag you in person now. 
Hot tag. Cassie Delaney says, okay, hear me out. At Blood and Guts, Claudio does something that costs Eddie the match or vice versa. It leads to Brian and Claudio versus Eddie and goddamn homicide at the New York show. Oh my God, put it in my face right now. That's I want to say more, more homicide would be cool. That's I'm fun. Down. I like it. Yeah, yeah why not? Uh, Tim Brault says... Funny fantasy booking time. After weeks of having to deal with Tony Khan constantly bringing in ex-WWE guys that he hates, Kingston cuts a promo on the streets talking about his demons. Now he's turning into a new demon in Long Island, New York. That's cool. Yeah. yeah like there, it. There's fun concept of a promo. Literally just have Eddie Kingston cut a promo. I'll be yeah, like, yeah, it's a good idea. You know, Eddie Kingston cuts promo. Thumbs up. Yeah. Jake Salazar says, so Claudio's theme is named Uppercut Symphony. Nice. That's very good. I would absolutely love to see uh, the Uppercut Symphony versus the Powerbomb Symphony because he could uh, go toe-to-toe with Wardlow, and I would love to see it. Yeah. It's also a fun idea for I'm a on match. it. Yeah, yeah I'm, up, I'm, I'm up for that. There's some more matches to throw in there. Yep. Wardlow and Shingo, Wardlow and Ishii. There's, yeah, mm-hmm. Wardlow face a bunch of guys. That yeah. sounds fun. Yep. Uh, Cassie Delaney says, what do you guys really think is going to happen with Coda and New Japan Pro Wrestling? I hope they can come to, uh, come up with something, but it doesn't end, that doesn't end up screwing him. I'd love to see him be the one to save Kenny's soul like he did last time, but I just don't know. So ideas. I don't have any details. No. I, I, I don't like I need details before I can have an opinion on it. I, you know? I feel like we we don't know the minutiae of what's happening yeah. with the Coda stuff. So like we can't really we can fantasy book. But that's pretty much it. Right. We, we can't realistically say what's going to happen. Yeah, and they're like especially when it's this sort of thing, which seems to be fairly si- significant and mm-hmm. serious. It's yeah. not really something that you just want to be like, oh, I wonder if it's this. I wonder if he's doing that. And blah, 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 blah. But yeah. if, yeah, I'd like to see Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega reunite at some point. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Keep going, because these ones are about you. Oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Mayor of Painesville, Dan. Hi, Dan. Says, says hello guys as you start the review i am still watching forbidden door on tape so i am gonna watch your review on delay but i just wanted to share my super mega excitement about tempest being here i am so 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 happy i love you man love you too dan you're a good egg uh cyclone has been a 14 month member crazy man says words still cannot destroy uh can't describe how happy i am to see tempest in studio such a delight to have you both on screen together <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. Uh, Frank Patello says, I had so much fun. Uh, glad to be part of history. Not just going uh, to Forbidden Door, but watching Tempest physically join the team. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Ten Ruzza says, it's still wild to see Tempest there in person with you. This has been a wonderful day for wrestling, and I hope more uh, with other companies like NOAA, Impact, GCW, MLW, AAA, CMLL, All Japan Pro Wrestling, or Dragon Gate. Missing Omega, still can't wait for him to be back. Mm-hmm. I would like to see more from all companies as well. And Liu Zihao says, trying to avoid spoilers, but trying, uh, but not by not going on social media. And the first thing I see on YouTube is Tempest in person. <laughs> Love you guys more than the Forbidden Door. Hopefully you didn't miss the new cat too much, Tempest. Jam that jam. That cat is a slut. Oh! <gasps> that cat went and found a different no. uh, house to go and, and get free milk well, and, and water. And that made leaving for. easier. I thought what we had was special. Hurt. Screw. I, I cuddled that cat. Screw you, Wanda. <laughs> yeah, Wanda. Wanda yeah. somewhere else. John Corvo says. So with Tempest now in the office, is he making everyone peanut butter and pickle sandwiches? I know Adam has one with his name on it. It doesn't need to happen. You 
wait. Yep. You wait. It's on my to-do list. Definitely needs to happen. <laughs> and Lakshmi Narasimhan B has been a 10-month member. Woo! Saying, someone tell Mr. Blampier that Tempest better be on an upcoming B Blood in the uh, board, B game club. board Game Club slash in-person clock tower. Also, is it weird I'm looking forward to Kingston Claudio than Blood and Guts? More looking forward to Clint Kingston Claudio than Blood and Guts. Eh, no, not really. Not crazy. Yeah. I'm not super crazy about Blood and Guts. I'm sure yeah. it'll be fun, but I'm more in like the interpersonal stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's my stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, the singles match isn't going to have Jake Hager in it, so I'll be more excited. Mm. Uh, Power Packers 90 says, I was there live. Claudio mm. reveal pop was amazing. People in my section were crying and hugging like they had won the championship. The brawl at the end worked great live. Did you guys not notice Eddie's heel teases during it? He doesn't like Claudio. Yeah, they don't like each other. It's not a heel. He's real. Yeah. Different. It's... He's, like, it's fine. He's a real human. You didn't need to have this at the end of the pay-per-view, though. Yeah. You can have that on Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stephen McCollich says, uh, Queens is on Long Island facepalm. Is it? Is it? Is Queens on Long Island? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't know my, my, my thing. Yeah. Uh, and then Roberto <laughs> says, hey, Sorry. boys, Sorry. Arthur Ashe is, in fact, in Queens. And, boy, okay. that pay-per-view was fun. It was great uh, watching you. Eat your forbidden door headlines this morning. Good day, boys. Indeed. Okay. I gotta I'm gonna let me pull up very yeah. quickly. Okay. I also Queens I, I, ju I just New looked, York. I just looked at the chat. Yes. And I just saw one message that I'd really just like to to read out that just said, Shout out to the random dudes that scissored me last night. <laughs> Which Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Oh, that's wonderful stuff. That's so weird. I love it. Um is Roberto again said also by the way, Tempest audio and video is significantly better today. Funny how that works, isn't, isn't that it? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Crazy. Um did did they did the chat win? Is Queens in Long Island? I don't think Queens is on Long Island. <laughs> I don't yes, know. Like, Queens is on Long Island. Yes, Queens is on. What the is the only bar of New York City that is not on an island is the Bronx. That doesn't help. All right, screw you, New York. I you know what? If anymore. people are disagreeing in the chat, we've got no hope. Yeah, if you guys can't decide whether Queens is on Long Island or not, I don't yeah. care that. Much. Who knows? <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that is going to do it because we've overrun, as we mentioned before. Uh, thank you so much for watching this stream. If you didn't, if you didn't catch the start of the stream, or we didn't didn't say Tempest is not here for a visit, he is living here now. Yeah. He's part of the in-person London team now, which is awesome. So get used to seeing me and him on screen together, because we'll be doing our SmackDown and Rampage podcast on a Saturday. We'll now be in person together here. It's gonna be a great time. Can't wait for that. And uh, Tempest is gonna be involved with a lot more stuff with the team now as well. Hell yeah! Cannot wait. That that NXT review this week. I, it's gonna be better. It's gonna be on the green Watch screen. Watch it. It's gonna be better. Trust yeah, me. It's gonna be significantly better. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for watching this. Thank you for watching the Forbidden Door live reactions with us yesterday. If you were there, thank you for watching this review. Like the video if you haven't. Subscribe. Go watch another one of these podcast episodes. Check out some of the other Wrestle Talk news reaction videos as well. We've got a uh, a regular Wrestle Talk news episode going up later today too, as well as Ollie's review of the pay per view that's already gone up too. Lots of content. So much content. Go subscribe to Parts of Unknown as well. Also content there too. So much content. Uh, thank you guys for watching. We'll be back soon. It's LIW for life. Says repeat. Yeah!
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 